Hello, I'm Kenny Smith, and this is The Best Story I've Heard Today, a podcast for news junkies. We know you can't possibly see all of the great content being produced, so we're bringing you a story that you might have otherwise overlooked. Our guests each day tell us about the best story they've found today, and today we're pleased to welcome back to the program Dominic Jean, a news editor for the Indiana Daily Student at Indiana University. Dominic, thanks for joining us once again, sir. Thanks for having me back on, Kenny. Tell us about the story you found today, and tell us why the rest of us should read it as well. Yeah, so the story I have for you guys today, I've kind of got two going on right now, but they both talk about the same thing. It's talking about the recent um, issues with Brexit and how that affects the Irish context, in particular North Ireland. And I am part of a group that recently came back from the Republic and from North Ireland, and so this is very pressing to me. And it, it has a lot of resonance with different outlets and different people around the world. And so the UK forgot to talk to North Ireland and tell them they were doing this, and they forgot that they have a, they have a land border with someone who's in the EU, a.k.a. the Republic of Ireland, the Irish Republic. And so they have this land border, and they also have this thing called the Good Friday Agreement, which was signed in 1998. The Good Friday Agreement was the thing that ended decades of sectarian violence between the Irish Republican Army and the Loyalist Ulster forces in North Ireland. And this brought an end to that violence, but it came with a set of conditions. And one of those conditions is the border is to be demilitarized. The border is to be as invisible, in a sense, as possible. The Good Friday Agreement was never meant for two countries that are not both in the EU. And so the question remains, how is this new border policy that the UK wants to institute, whatever that policy is, they haven't figured it out yet, what will that look like and how will that play out? Just earlier in March, May said we've ruled out physical infrastructure at the border, but at the same time they said that the free movement of people has to come to an end. And so we have these two conflicting kind of mentalities going on right now. This feels like one of those things that many people probably in the rush to have this referendum vote in the UK, this didn't cross a lot of people's minds at that time. But it's important now, as it should have been important then, to remember what the Good Friday Agreement did and stopped, essentially. And what's more, this is one of the landmark achievements, if you will, of the EU in in, in making these things happen to get to this as a status quo, which is now, because of Brexit, very much under threat. Absolutely. And with that, you have, if you look at the border now, I mean, you'll, it's not, this is not a line in the ground. This isn't like a longitude or latitude-based line. This, this thing crosses roads. It crosses towns. It cuts farms in half. It cuts businesses function on both sides of the border and try and make it work. And any kind of hard border is going to have a great impact on business, on lives, on on families, and so there's no telling how this is gonna play out because we don't we don't have a plan. It's and it doesn't help also that in January the government in North Ireland, the power sharing government there, shut down, broke down because they've lost trust in each other. So we. Brexit combined with other issues has really come to the foreground here because how are we going to handle this? How do we keep the hard-won peace that the Good Friday Agreement brought? We're coming along soon on the 20th anniversary of, of those accords, or the agreement rather, but for a long time, not the case. Now we're looking at borders in the story I'm reading in The New Yorker. They're, they're trying to compare other borders in other countries, and we're talking about frontiers now. 
and it being only 20 years back, it's not such a thing that is so far removed that it, these troubles, as they were referred to there, you know, aren't forgotten mm-hmm. by people on either side. That's an issue. But also it seems like there might not be a historical antecedent that you can point to here. No, absolutely. There really isn't a precedent historically for this kind of thing, at least to my knowledge. And combine that with, again, the Good Friday Agreement. The Good Friday Agreement is intertwined in this so heavily. It complicates every issue a little more. Another factor of the Good Friday Agreement that's maybe not in these stories is that people in North Ireland, anyone of Irish descent or Irish blood can apply for an Irish passport. And so with that, we've had many people because of economic reasons or because they want EU membership are applying for their Irish passport instead of their British one that they could have. Or they have both. People are becoming, are trying to figure out who they are and they're trying to figure out what's what's their identity in this, like where, how is this going to play out for me, for my children? And there's, we don't have a precedent. We don't have something to look back on and say, that, well, this is how they did it. This is how we could do it or this is how we could improve on that. We don't, we don't have any of that information. And something like 30,000 people are walking or driving over this border every day. One thing that's really interesting, there's one road um, that at one point you're going through the Republic of Ireland and then you're going through North Ireland and then you're going through the Republic of Ireland and then you're going through North and then you're going through the next one. It's a curvy road. Exactly. It's it reminds me a little bit of Southern Indiana. But with that you you're not I'm not crossing into Ohio when I, I'm not crossing state lines when I do that and even if I did there's no hard fast border. But with this it's like you'd have to go through four checkpoints to get to work. Think about like just the simple logistics of that. Your commute has just gotten infinitely longer what if you say something wrong and like or don't have the proper passport or the proper paperwork that day you're not getting to work you have to choose between risking crossing a hard border with or going to work and helping support your family maybe talk about this from an economic standpoint there's not an insignificant amount of money at stake for for both people the farmers but also in general the the nation states here there's a company that I know about a steel and construction company. They make uh, cow pens mm-hmm. for cattle. And they're down in the south part of the Republic of Ireland, as far as you can get from the border. But where does he get his construction materials, his raw steel and metal? He gets it from the United Kingdom. And now they're not no longer going to be in the EU, so that increases the price yet again. And uh, as you can see in the America Magazine article, North Ireland is going to leave, and so they're going to lose their EU subsidies, which is a lot for their farm earnings, more than 80%. And not just that, but if you look at the finances for the United Kingdom, they they bail the North Ireland out each year by, by several thousands upon thousands of pounds. And so this is going to put everyone in a much tougher situation because they're going to lose those free that free movement of goods and people. And then in terms of infrastructure, too, it's like a 300-mile border that you have to, uh, on both sides, I, I suppose, you have to now staff, maintain whatever these checkpoints look like. 
uh, whatever they're going to need to look like, whatever they have to evolve into in a modern context, because they've been down for, what, 20 years now? Yeah, and I mean, if you look back, it kind of happened. I I remember when we crossed into North Ireland from the Republic, we were just on a bus and we were going through some toll roads and whatnot, and then suddenly we just see a sign out of nowhere that's just like, you're in North Ireland. There's... There are no checkpoints there right now. You're talking construction. You're talking paying for these uh, these workers, these security, the, these soldiers, whoever you have there. And that doesn't even come into the issue of this violates the agreement you signed in 1998, 20 years ago. You can't you can't put armed people on the border. You're you're it's not there. It's not allowed. And not just one side will do that. Should it come to that? I'm sure. Yeah, no, and it and it it gives you the possibility of not just economic tensions and difficulties for families, but it it threatens a revival of sectarian violence. I mean, in you have you very much have that history of Catholic versus Protestant um, infighting, but even if you just take that to be just re- like Republican, those who favor United Ireland and those who favor being a part of the United Kingdom, and not even like the religious aspect of that, you still have people who are divided, and this threatens them in a very big way. And no obvious solution. No. <laughs> and that's the thing. I there are At one point, I heard about they were trying to get a panel started here at Indiana University to talk about what uh, the post-Brexit world will look, at, will look like. And the reply they got from most experts and professors was, Hell if we know. As a journalist, you hate this cliche, but time will tell. Sometimes you just have to wait and find out, and I hope it all works out for the best and that the that all of these implications factor into the calculations, but we just like you said, we have to wait. We've got links for the stories and for Dominic Jean below the audio player. Please do check those out. Dominic, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for having me on again, Kenny. This is the best story I've heard today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll share it with others. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing stories with you again very soon. I'm Kenny Smith.